All right. Okay. We're ready to go. Let's do it. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Odoom and Andrea show. I am the host, Odoom, <laughs> with, I don't know what to say there, I, uh, along with my uh, beautiful wife, Andrea. And in this podcast, we talk about people that do really cool and interesting shit and um, people that inspire us to want to do cool and interesting shit in our lives as well, too. And today, we're going to talk about this book called actually i don't know if this is what it's called i think it's called the fear bubble yep. by aunt middleton yep. i thought it was aunt middleton this guy looks like jason momoa this guy is pretty intense look at this yeah yeah he's pretty put that up there. this guy's pretty intense is that is that focusing i think so it looks um yeah yeah this is intense yeah. so it says uh harness fear and live without limits mm-hmm. which is pretty interesting and it's interesting to something that I, that we were talking about this morning something that i was thinking <laughs> about just while even getting for the podcast that i want to put to your attention um but that's secret stuff for later on okay. maybe um uh, anyway i'm intrigued yeah no i, I don't know I'm, I'm pretty excited it's nothing new really uh stuff that we've kind of always been talking about of how we want to go what we want to do for our next adventure um listening reading all these books and doing these podcasts have really kind of um at least for me lit the fire to, to get going and, and doing and doing something uh fun and adventurous so um, so yeah, that's, I don't know. That's why we do these podcasts. Um, if anything, they're hopefully entertaining for you. Yeah. Um, speaking of that, if you like our podcast and anything that we do, you can check us out on our website, odumanandrea.com, where we have all of our past podcasts up as well for you to listen to and enjoy. And with that, let's take it away to the fear bubble. <laughs> the fear bubble. <laughs> the fear bubble. All oh, right. Of, oh, there's lots of. Uh, anyways, what? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was like, I have questions. So many questions. I haven't even heard about this. Let's pump the brakes. All right. Okay. So I think his, yeah, his full, so his full name is actually Anthony Middleton, but they, she just, everybody just calls him Ant, I guess. I think one of the, maybe it's like a little bit of, um, like a nickname as well, because he's like a, he's not a big guy. Like he's not very, he's not super, super tall. Like he's, he's a big guy, (laughs) but he's not like. Have you seen this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. but he's, he's, he's not super tall. tall. He's not super tall. And he's actually our age. He was born in 1980. Mm. So he grew up in, well, he was born in England and um, his background, we'll go through his background um, first and then I'll tell you about the book. So he grew up, um, in Britain. He was born in Britain. Mm-hmm. This one is kind of weird because he was born in Britain and then his dad suddenly died when he was six, when Ant was six years old. His dad was actually 36. So his dad died in 1985. Okay. And then all of a sudden, his mom was dating this other guy and then took the insurance money and moved them to this huge property in France. Right. With so. Yeah. He doesn't really talk too much about that. Suspicious. But that seems suspicious to me. Like, sure. what happened there? I don't yeah. know. Anyways, I don't know. this is for, I can't speak to it. I have, yeah, but I, I was no just like, oh, whatsoever. that's really weird. So. But anyways. Yeah, so he, so they moved there. We've been watching too much Dexter. We've been rewatching Dexter and uh, there's the one that's, uh, what, no, towards the end, Hannah McKay, you know, she's the poisoner. It's like, well, every time you're eating, you never know if uh, what's going to be in there. Yeah. It's your last bite. Anyways. Yeah. yeah too much Dexter. <laughs> so he has, um, and par- like part of that when his, when his, um, when his dad died, it was like all of a sudden they weren't allowed to talk about his dad at all. They weren't allowed to go to the funeral. They weren't allowed. So to who's they? He's had brothers and sisters. Yeah. So he has, so, so he has three brothers. Okay. So, but so younger, the, older, uh, younger and older. Okay. 
So, so he's somewhere in the middle. Somewhere in the middle. So he wasn't allowed. They weren't allowed to talk about their dad. They weren't allowed to grieve their dad at all. They weren't allowed to go to the funeral. They weren't allowed to talk about his dad's um, to his dad's family. Like it was basically like, no, we're done. Completely cut off. Completely cut off. That seems weird. Yeah, and so I mean, I think that's more than weird. That's just yeah, which is why I'm saying like how you handle uh, stuff in the family. So eventually, um, he turns he turns 17, and then he he um wants to go to the army. His life was pretty tough with his mom. It sounds his mom and his and his stepdad. His stepdad sounds like he was not a really great guy like not a nice guy and so he because they had this beautiful big plot of land in france i think that was maybe like the only redeeming thing there that's where they moved after they got after the, the money the, the insurance money and so were they well off before this insurance money i don't think so but what did he do to have such a big insurance i don't know he doesn't talk that much that's why i'm mm. like there's like a lot of unanswered questions yeah because even insurance i mean yeah. You just looked it up for me. Like, you know, my insurance, if I anything happens, it's like 300000 Don't Don't do it. Don't do anything like that. Don't tell me those um, numbers. But yeah, we should get some more insurance, actually. Yeah. Well, it dep- anyway, that anyway. will get into the financial stuff. But So he says, part of why I wanted to join the Army was to recreate those experiences of wild adventure under open skies. However, <laughs> he goes into the Army when he's 17. So this is 1998. And it's, like, not what he expected. It's a lot more of what, like, he was dealing with with his stepdad. Like, you're not good enough. And Like the know. army? Yeah. Mm. So he just wasn't having, like, the greatest time. So Well, I mean, that's kind of the purpose of the army, though. It's not going to be an easy goal. Yeah, they want no, to get uh, soldiers. I think he had, like, a different expectation of right. it. So, um, Well, you see movies and TV shows, and you think it's going to be this fun time or whatever. And, you know, it's, yeah. it's tough. It's, it's not easy. Yeah, so he ends up as part of the army. One of the things that they do is they do like a climb up. Um, it's called Snowden Mountain. And actually, I'm pretty sure that mountain was one of the mountains that Ash Dykes did a bunch of training on as well. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, so, but it was like when he was climbing up, he realized like he had to make a choice at one point and there was mm-hmm. people like turning around and like going back down because they didn't want to go up to the top of this mountain because it's the biggest one in England at uh, 3,500 feet. Yeah, so that's not, not that well, high, but it's uh, not Everest. So, but it's like. But you can just hike it, though. He, no, I don't know. I think it's. He said, like he was. He said he realized, like he was like on the edge of death, and he never felt of like it was the first time he felt like real vulnerability. Like if he. Real fear. If he made like <laughs> one bad decision, like he was gonna mm-hmm. go down. But I think that also for him was like really important because he knew like it was all in his hands that kind of like yeah. control was all in his hands. Right. And so I think that was kind of the first time he realized like you can listen to that fear telling you that you're going to fall and you're going to die, or you can choose to ignore it and then move forward and find out what you're really made of. Right. Of thing. So that's what he does talk about that as like an instrumental. But I could also manage to or, or believe that fear really can help you focus especially mm-hmm. a near-death experience or fear of death of course. can really be like okay you know what you it's almost like it makes you aware of the preciousness of life 100 percent, and that you you if something does happen to you or you're close to death you're like you know what i have to make sure that every day i have to live to the fullest yeah which is i think could be a driving factor for a lot of people that yeah. are like action junkies or whatever yep. that you know they want to get that rush of what it's like to just live on the edge, right? Yeah. Um, yep. So, anyways, 
it's it's very interesting so he's in the army for a little while and then he leaves and then i think he has again a little bit of a hard time coming out of the army trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life and then he ends up rejoining but this time he rejoins the marines and so this is in 2005 so he's with the marines for four years he does two tours in afghanistan and eventually he gets to the point where he's um he's like a special like inspect the special forces Mm -hmm. of the marines and he's like one of like the point men and he's like a sniper and so he's like pretty high up there with their special operations sure yeah um so then is it any kind of like a special ops team like a like a yeah. navy seals kind of level yes it yeah. is yeah for but, sure but for whatever, for they, whatever they have in, England. in the uk yeah. yeah so they were doing a bunch of like going in i th- i could be wrong but uh, like going into like arrest or trying to find some of these in afghanistan trying to find some of the terrorists and like arrest them and detain them and whatever so so yeah. that's what he was involved with mm. so he gets out arrested no waterboarding yeah. <laughs> so he gets out, but then he has some sort of altercation and he assaults a police officer. And this was in 2013. And he ends up. Um, While he's in the army, he's assaulting a no, police no, no, officer? No, no, no. He's. No, this is. He's out of the Marines oh, at this Marines, point. Yeah, he assaults a police officer and he's sentenced to 14 months for assault. He only serves four months at this time. And we'll come back to this police assault later because okay. there's some stuff about it. Um, so from there, it looks like he kind of learned his lesson and figured like it, it, something needs to turn around. <laughs> learned his lesson of not assaulting police. Well, I or I just think like, cause I think alcohol was involved. And so, and I think that was another issue he, he had in between the army and the Marines was there was some sort of like, there's some alcohol stuff involved. I think he was always getting into like kind of fights like, like and stuff like that. Addicted. Well, not or, uh, addicted, but just like drinking all the time. Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He doesn't, he doesn't talk too much about that, but sure. So, and then I don't know how this happens, but eventually he gets approached and he gets approached to be on a reality TV show called SAS Who Dares Wins. And so I don't know what SAS stands for actually, Um, but basically it's a reality show where it's him and I think there's two other kind of like military guys, UK Mm -hmm. military guys, and they are putting their group of recruits through like special forces training basically like the the selection process that you would go through but they're just regular people they're not actually people that want to be in the army no it's just whatever just like the people that test themselves or i think they're like athletes or something like that sure there's a couple like celebrity ones and i don't know any of the people but they're celebrities in the uk so um so that kind of thing and so he did that show um from 2015 to 2021 and then he did another reality wow. show. It's a long time. It's a long years. time. Yeah. So he did another reality show called Mutiny, where he's on a boat. He's recreating this. It was a, the mutiny of this boat called the Bounty, HMS Bounty, where the crew mutinied and set the captain and like 18 other people off on the boat. And they had to travel like from, t- it was one of the like the islands around Tahiti. So they were recreating this like cute, this right. like, open rowboat thing, and it was he said it was one of the hardest things he's ever done in his life. Because he had to be on this boat. He was on he the was boat. A yeah. Who got mutinied? Mutinied. Yeah. Exactly. So they just had to survive. Yeah. Yeah. So that so that was one of the things he did. Um, so he ended up though getting canceled on Twitter when he compared Black Lives Matter to the English Defense League. I don't know too much about this English Defense League, but it sounds like it's kind of like an extremist group. And so he got in trouble for comparing 
BLM to this extremist group. Okay. And so basically the channel that was running SAS dropped him, canceled him. He was done because he made this comment on Twitter. Right. So um, he was kind of like, well, fuck you, England. I'm moving to Australia. So he moved to Australia. Oh, yeah. That's, that's much better. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is back well, in the day. But. Well, no, it's not back in the day. It's like just... Like oh. last year. Oh, this is just last year. Sorry, last, I thought yeah. we're still talking like 2015, no, no, 2016. No, 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 no. So, um, so maybe just back up yeah, a little bit here. Yeah, yeah, there's sure. a lot. To there's just, a lot. You just went over. Yeah. So, what exactly did he say? I don't. I don't know. I can't find the tweet, but it was something for. So basically, he what ap- it says on his wiki. It says appeared a comment on, uh, he made on Twitter, which appeared to compare Black Lives compare, Matter. Yeah protesters with the english defense league as extremists yeah so 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 yeah, yeah. i mean it's, it, and then uh, yeah of course if you if you do, do anything like that you get canceled and will you cancel mm-hmm. does mean was his twitter account suspended i don't know or i well, guess he was he was definitely canceled, so he lost, he lost his he job lost and, his job yeah uh because of comments on social media which again yeah. is another thing that's completely ridiculous um yeah when you kind of let the the mob rule uh over corporate decisions um, but that being said, I mean, probably what he said, I don't know this other organization, yeah. but I do know Black Lives Matter and yeah. I would agree that I am not a fan of that organization as well. Um, the stuff that they do, I mean, it's, I, look at where the money is flowing. Well, I mean, all these, the top leaders are, yeah. they're complete frauds and they have, they're buying multi-million dollar mansions and houses all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and the violence that they, that c- carries along with it. It's a lot of the things today in today's society where there is the de- general idea of a good cause of, mm-hmm. hey, we can't treat people badly or whatever, which is, I guess, a good cause in a way. But then the people underneath it use that to hijack a whole completely different movement yes. slash agenda or whatever yes. and create all kinds of trouble and chaos. Uh, and then if you say anything about it, it's like you're it's like people are attacking you for the basis of like, oh, don't you think people that black people shouldn't be killed? Like, of course they shouldn't. But. That's yeah. not the point, right? So it's it's hiding behind that mask. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, not to get into the the politics of anything. Um. But for me, anyways, I don't, uh, see any good redeeming qualities of that organization either. Um. And I would never want to be a part of it. So. Yeah. It's very interesting. Anyways. Anyways. Um, so that happens. So that happens. And then he moves to Australia. Yeah. And then in a but then it's COVID, COVID lockdown. No, no, no. In a beautiful fuck you, mm. he goes to one of the channels in Australia, and so now they have SAS Australia. Who dares wins? Mm-hmm. And so he's actually. I watched the trailer for it. It looks like no joke. But they have like uh, they have like uh, like athletes, like Olympic athletes that are going through like the, the obstacles, or whatever obstacles it is. and stuff. Yeah. And it looks like no, it looks like no joke. Mm-hmm. And so he's on there actually with um a, like one of the seals that I've heard on different podcasts that I listen yeah. to. And so that's interesting. So so they've only done one um season one season so far. So it just yeah. released like 2022. Oh so, right yeah. right. Well that's yeah. interesting that they're still still doing that um yeah but yeah i guess what the the (coughs) thing is yeah if you're not gonna want to do the show here then i'll go do it somewhere else yeah which is good because a lot of people that get quote-unquote canceled they're like they have a hard time getting work anywhere yeah right but yeah maybe it was just more of a local thing because i never heard of this guy right so no neither had i i i've only the only way i kind of knew of him was his 
two ways. His books came up when I was looking at other books, yeah. like it as suggested, it came up. He, he came up, and then also I think he did like a quote for Ash Dyke's book mm, as well, okay. or yeah. s- or someone else, or even yeah. maybe uh, Ross Edgley because they're all from the UK. Right. So I think that's where I've also seen him as yeah. well. So. Yeah. Um, well, good for him. Yeah. So this, so he's written a ton of different books. Mm-hmm. So his first one, his first book was called First Man In, and that was like an uh, more of a, like an autobiography about his life. And so he's done the next one he did was this one that I read was the Fear Bubble, and so and I'm so sorry about this. What I had no idea that this was what the book was going to be about, but this book takes place in 2018. This, sorry, this book, The Fear uh-huh, Bubble. Okay. Uh-huh. When he climbed Everest. <laughs> oh, come on. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Oh, another Everest we're book? We're not, so, trust me, we're, <laughs> we're not going to be hardcore into it. Like, yeah, whatever. That's fine. Like the 90s. I mean, nights. what else do we know? We've, we've said everything yeah. there is to say. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just saying. I'm getting it's flashbacks to the 98 <laughs> season. The 96 season. Not, well, whatever. So, this <laughs> one, so whatever. That's, this is like the backdrop for everything he says, but I just, I started reading it. I had oh, right. no idea. Sorry, right. Because this whole book, this book has, doesn't even talk about the stuff that happened in him getting this new TV shows because no 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 okay, yeah, okay yeah yeah I just Sorry, wanted to ha- I just want to do a background of him so we kind of yeah so we knew who he was and how he's kind of a like a, a fuck you kind of a guy right, right. like yeah, yeah he doesn't give a shit yeah, yeah I was just gonna say speak his mind yeah um, so you I just wanted to put that in context yeah. first but then I was no, I was reading it and I was just like oh my god oh dude's gonna kill me and yeah. fuck whatever it yeah. yeah so no there's I have a people need to be able to speak their mind. Uh, and people should be able to speak their mind and to be able to speak freely. Um, even if, and maybe especially if you don't agree with them. So we're going to get to that. So hold that thought because okay. we're going to get to that because he talks right. about that in this book. Okay. So so he's having, how he even gets the idea to climb Everest is he's kind of having this like um, fancy dinner in this like exclusive private club with this lawyer that he meets because he's been on these shows and he does a bunch of different talks and stuff too. He does like speak like a... So like this lawyer just wanted to just wanted probably pay to have dinner yeah, with him dinner. Or, or I don't know if he was a lawyer. Maybe he was just like this big corporate business guy. And so they whatever. have this fancy dinner and all he can think about is what would happen if this place just got shot to shit? Like what would I do and what would these other other people do and so it's just like well that's not a really good way to think right and so he gets out and he just realizes like he needs something like he needs something to like test him like mm. he's been kind of living this like cushy life of like the tv host and right everything. right it's kind of is it's, i don't know if this what this means to you but it reminds me a little bit of joe rogan when he was doing fear factor and he's just like ah because you hear him talking about like oh, i gotta get out of here you're doing fear factor i'm just getting high all the time because the show's yeah. so ridiculous and i yeah. just kind of need to i think to yeah that's a really else, good parallel yeah it is interesting and so he says in everest i'd found the ideal challenge to tame that warrior ghost inside of yeah, me i'm sure you did yeah <laughs> sorry it's like so oh this everest is just yes whatever again I, uh kudos to like I said, I like, at least I like his approach yeah. of like, I need to challenge myself yes. and I need to do something that is really, I don't know, just very difficult to do that will yes. really challenge myself yes. and like, you know, maybe, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. 
it's different than the other person that's just rich. I need to climb it because we're, I need to tell all my friends that so I'm the one gonna, who climbed so Everest. So he talks right? about this too. So we're going to yeah. get there. So don't worry. But he, the <laughs> one thing is like, so he's reading up on Everest and looking at like the kill rate and everything like that. And yeah, it's like, oh, perfect. And he's looking at, and he notices uh, George Mallory, who was one of the people, one of the first British people to try and climb it. They were, they didn't even know if he had gone to the top. Um, and there was like a huge expedition that went out to try and find his body. Mm-hmm. But no, um, he reads oh this guy was 37 when he died on everest and that's the same age i am so mm. let's go get it kind of thing so let's go get his body or no just let's, let's go, go, get, let's go get, get it like let's like go do it yeah. kind of thing so um well there's been british people i'm sure that have climbed to the top at this stage of the game no oh yeah yeah but he yeah. was like one of the first ones way back in the day yeah what, what's way back in the day like the 80s uh the 40s I oh, think. okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so so he says, so he talks a little bit about fear and he says, it's not that I've learned to conquer fear or enjoy it. It's that I've learned how to use it. Fear is like a wild horse. You can let it trample all over your, or you can put a harness on it and let it carry you forwards. Without fear, there's no challenge. Without challenge, there's no growth. Without growth, there's no life. And so I really liked yeah. that because I was like, yeah, you can let it like, and he talks about letting fear shrink you as a person. And if you let it over consume you, it just makes you smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. But if you can like take that energy and use it to propel you forward, right. like it's, a, you can know, you can take it both ways. I'd love to to talk to you about this. I, I don't know. Now's probably not a good time, but do you, is there any point in your life or our lives that you can go back and say, you know what? We let fear no, oh, 100%. Move this decision. I know exactly. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, when we, before we got married, we, both of us, like, didn't know what we wanted to do. And still don't know. Still don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but I even feel like yeah. it's just, like, both of us, it's, like, shit or get off the pot. Like, let's, one of us make a decision, and I feel like neither of us were making a decision because we didn't know what the other person wanted to do. Mm. So, and then I finally you know, applied for teacher's college because mm. I was like, well, I fucking hate doing this master's. Like, yeah. Let's just do the the teacher's college. And yeah. then I got pregnant. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, um, yeah. So then, so then he talks and I really, so then he talks about how he deals with fear and like going through being like an army commando and having to go and knock down these doors and being the first guy in and being, you're being like afraid of like, and well, that's a different type of fear. Right? That's fear of your life. More, right? Of course. But he said like, he had to learn how to live with it. So he, he broke it down into small like packets. So it wasn't like all encompassing. And so I really liked how he talked about how he views fear now. And I, I'm definitely going to use it, but he says he conceptualizes it as like a bubble. And so you can actually like, the bubble of the fear of like when he's going to knock down a door. So that bubble of fear is right by that door, but it's at that time and then that place. Like it's an actual thing and he yeah. doesn't worry about it or think about it until, until he's there. he gets to that bubble. Yeah. Cause he was saying like he was having a hard time when he would come home after like a deployment and then he would like relax for a little bit and then start thinking of his next deployment. And it's like, you yeah. can't, you can't anticipate it like that. Yeah. So he would start visualizing as that bubble and then, you get ready, you go into the bubble, you do what you need to do, you burst it. And it's done. And it's done. And he yeah. says, but then you get that like shot of adrenaline once the you wall. burst that bubble. Or right? even as you're approaching it as well. Yeah. Too. Yeah. It sounds very familiar to even just the the talk and the ideas of saying to yourself, 
you know, if there's nothing that you can't control, yeah. stop worrying about yes. it because yeah. worrying about it is not going to do anything. So once you get to the situation, then you deal with it. Very stoic, I yes, think is what it, it is, is, right? Like yes, it is. You are very calmly and rationally, logically say, these are the things that are going to happen. Yeah. I do what I can do to prepare for it as yes. much as I can. Yes. And then when the situation comes, I'm calm, cool, collected, yeah. so I can use my my mental, my faculties yes. to be able to solve that problem or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, break through the fears and, and what have you. And yeah. 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 And he even, very interesting. And he even says like, we might get to it later, but he even says, um, if you go to the bubble, it's like you either have to be ready and go in and be decisive in your actions yeah. or you get to the bubble, you realize, no, I'm not ready. No. It's too much. And you back away and like sort yourself out and then reattempt. Right. He said the worst thing is when you go into the bubble and you're just like, uh, I don't know what I want to do. Oh, because, that's the worst. Because then you just <laughs> kind of stay in the bubble. You're not <laughs> making a you decision. Don't you don't commit. And that's when it's bad. And that's when it weighs down on you. The, the, what I really think about this is where you really... <coughs> oh, excuse me. Were you really putting yourself in a life or death situation? It's yeah. the free climbers and like Alex, yes. Alex is Honnold. 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 Yeah. It's the same thing where you have to approach a move. You have to know without a doubt that you can do yes. the move and do it confidently. Yeah. Because if you're going to do it half-assed, you're going to like hesitate. You're not going to do gonna it properly. Die. And then you're just going to slip and fall. And one mistake is yeah. death, instant death. Instant death. Right. So that's, you have to be decisive. You have to be decisive. And then also what he did, I mean, he did, he trained, what, for years yep. to, to climb it, right? Yep. So it's not like you go in firsthand and just no, no, no. be Blind reckless, right? Be, so yeah. a way to alleviate that fear and to be confident and to be able to just go ahead and do it is through rigorous training and, and discipline, right? Yep. So Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and so again, Chris Hatfield is another per yes. excellent example excellent about that example. where he always talks about, <coughs> oh, excuse me, excuse me. Or he always talks about being prepared and training and just concentrating for yeah. rigor so that when you're in a life and death situation, yes. like when he talks about being blind in space, totally cool, calm and collected, right? Uh, because you have to be because yeah. your life depends on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so he says, living in fear is corrosive. You okay over there? Yeah, I'm sorry. <coughs> I just have Do you want a lozenge? I can quick throw a lozenge. I don't know what that means. Like lozenge. a little, like a cough, cough drop. No, you good? Okay. No, I'm okay. Keep going. Okay, so he says living in fear is corrosive. It creates negativity that spreads throughout a whole life and actually changes the way you perceive reality. It creates a victim mindset. No, here we go. There we go. This is a common theme into a lot of these books. It's very. This is really fascinating mm. because I know before we started reading these books and talking about them, mm -hmm. that we were always talking about society too and, and yeah. like doing our little commentary. It's like, why is everyone playing the victim? It's like, oh, it's poor me, poor me. This about mm -hmm. that. It's like. Why aren't people taking control? And then you see all these people that are doing all these extraordinary things. And a common thread is that they're not—they're choosing not to be a vit victim yep. and pulling themselves out and ex achieving extraordinary things. Exactly. So like this narrative of this system being against you or our institutions are holding yeah. blah, blah, all this bullshit. It's all, it, it's all bullshit. It's what are you going to do for yourself to prop yourself up? Of course, there's people that are dealt shitty hands and all that kind We're of stuff too, right? We're not talking about but those people. Yeah, yeah. yeah of course. Uh, no, and that's, that's Anyways, a different situation. Very interesting. So he, so he decides he's going to do this. He tells the producer of, the, of his SAS, Who Dares Win, show that he's going to do this. And the guy's like, well... Like climb on Everest. Yeah. And this is when he's still in Britain. Yeah, and so the, the producer's like, well, 
why don't we we'll film it we'll film it and we're, we'll like we'll pay for it because obviously it's really expensive film right? him yeah film him going up and yeah. so but he's just like well here's the thing though like he's like i don't want i don't want to do like the typical like guided tour up mount everest like i want like the least amount of support possible i just want like yeah. one other sherpa and maybe one other guy to film it and a gopro and like that's fucking it right and so because he's really he, this is he wants this experience and that also reminded me of like things with alex honnold when if you watched free solo and yeah. even the other one um i don't think you've watched it the alpinist it's it's like free solo except it's fucking mm. ice that he's climbing yeah free no solo i haven't seen that one you have to watch it because it's amazing but it's like they want to have this like specific experience of doing these extreme things and it's with the less amount of people possible yeah. so and cameras reminding me cameras really it takes you, out, take of the you out of the moment and I he talks about that yeah. a lot and i know for us too we're thinking like oh all this cool stuff we want to yeah. do it's like oh well we're doing this podcast and stuff why don't we start filming stuff it's like mm. The minute you try to bring cameras, it's like, well, I can't actually be in the moment I if know. I have to set up the cameras and whatever. I know. So there's a, there's well, a balancing act. And that's the thing is like often, like, like I know you get pissed sometimes, sometimes if I'm off with the kids on my own and I don't answer the phone, but it's like, I never have my phone out or on, like I have it in oh. my backpack, but that's in case. And I know, I know, I know why you, you know, yeah, like, I but get that's it. different though. Well, no, 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 I rarely I call it. you. It's cause I well, really I need to talk to you. I know, but like, <laughs> but I guess like my shit. point is, is I never, I don't yeah. usually take my phone out because no, no. I want to stay in the moment with the kids For sure. and I fucking hate seeing other people on their phones. Just like constantly be with your kids and yeah. be in the moment. So I'm not saying I'm perfect, but I don't know. So anyways, that's exactly what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, so he gets to uh, Nepal and he meets um, Ed, the camera guy who's going to film him. And Okay, is that, this is going to be a relevant piece of information yeah, that yeah, this guy's yeah, name yeah, is yeah, Ed? Yeah, yeah. Well, just this guy whose name is Ed. And so <laughs> he's, sum- he's summited three times before. And Ed, he, the cameraman. The cameraman, yep. And he also meets his, sher- his Sherpa. His name's Dawa. And so... Um, so sorry. So this guy, is this like his job? I just film people climbing up and down. He's Everest. just, he's just like a, no, no, no. He's just like a, I think an adventure guy that just is also like a cameraman. Mm, kind of like that. the guy that filmed Alex's free solo yeah, thing. Like he's, he's a really good climber, really but, good climber but, he just, but he also so that's how he gets well. all those amazing shots. shots yeah. Yeah. So he's. I'd love to do that. That'd be really cool. I know. That would Anyways. be cool. So yeah. he kind of, it's almost like him and this Ed are like constantly up the mountain or kind of having like a dick measuring contest almost. You can tell like they're, and he says, he says in the book, like we're both alphas. And so there's a couple times where they're kind of butting heads a little bit. And there's that's that him like and the camera guy. Yeah. But it's like you're hired to be the camera guy though. So yeah. like, why don't you just. Yeah. And so, but I think it's part of, but I think it's part of like Aunt Middleton's kind of like. His personality. Personality too. as well. Um, so that was kind of interesting. That would kind of little take in it. So they actually fight no they don't actually fight but it's like they you know it's kind of like little maybe like little digs back and forth or he ed kind of like undermines not undermines but like questions like and you'll see you'll see why like i don't blame him for questioning a couple of his decisions going up the mountain so but anyways it's just an interesting dynamic that happens Mm -hmm. so um what is he so yeah so but his big thing is he really wants to have like this experience as and be like really like immerse himself in like the sherpa culture because obviously they they're the people that know what they're doing out there um so what am i gonna say here 
so then he talks and this is the book's really cool because it kind of goes back between like what's happening on everest and then stuff with fear Mm -hmm. so he's saying when you let fear overwhelm you it's as if the whole world rearranges itself in opposition to you it feels like you're utterly surrounded by traps and enemies as though the purpose of the universe itself is to take you down it feels personal and so he talks about people having a default mindset and having Mm -hmm. like a default mindset of fear and that things are against you and he doesn't come out and say it but i think the reason we have it is because it's in order to protect ourselves sure right so um yeah and then so he goes into a, a story about his brother and how his older brother um like his mom like really enabled this older brother and really coddled him for some reason after the dad's death. And he says her coddling of him confirmed his worst fears. The world was full of danger and it was impossible for him to survive in it without heavy protection. And so this her protectiveness around this oldest brother like really led to a bunch of family friction. And so aunt had to like, like support him on multiple occasions like monetarily and it even drove like a wedge between aunt and his wife because he's like they had right. like no money to pay their own bills and they're yep. playing this other guy's bills so eventually he got to the point where he's like this like uh, he's a victim like he's playing the victim card time and time yep. again and i'm enabling it so yeah. he just gave that as an example of what not to do as a parent yeah so we've talked so much, so much about, about this, this you and yeah. i about parenting and <clears throat> It comes from a good place where parents obviously want to protect their kids, but it comes to a point where you're actually doing them more harm because you're shielding them from what the real world is like. And unfortunately, the real world is like, it's competitive. You got to compete. You have to be able to put your best foot forward. You don't, you know, life is going, it's, life is hard. You know, life can be a bitch. And if you're not prepared for it and you always think that someone's going to kind of run and save you you're going to be in for a very, very rude awakening. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a big problem with a lot of kids growing up these days, kids or yes. young adults now, is that they've never experienced real any real hardships or any trials and tribulations, right? Well, and it goes to, it's like, and we'll, we'll get here, but he says, and we'll, I'll tell you why he says this, but he says in today's culture, if a person feels harmed, they are harmed. Yeah, I don't even want to get into this kind of stuff, yeah. conversations, because well, it's, that's, you know, it's like the, the whole thing that Ben Shapiro coined, you know, facts don't, don't care, care about, about your, your feelings. feelings. This whole idea that we have to validate other people's perceptions of yes. themselves and the world. Yeah. It completely undermines our whole reality of yes. what is actually the truth. Yes. There used to be a thing where something is the truth. But yeah. now it's like, oh, we, we just have to validate everyone's feelings. Yeah. It makes no sense to no. me. And the most insane thing of, of it all is if you look in certain schools. Where if kids are going, oh, I identify or I feel like I'm a cat and they're in cat and they're in class and they're like meowing and purring like an actual animal, the teacher has to validate validate that. That is insane. Yes. Why are we validating things that are clearly not reality? So and then there's no grasp on the world. And how are you going to function when your reality or what you're thinking of of how the world is is has no bearing in and how things are are actually working well and it's, the reason it's, why it's he, crazy. the reason why he brought that up was because wh- when he assaulted the police officer he did end up it was like assault with bodily harm and he did end up hurting that police officer but then the other police officer was there he didn't touch that police officer but he was still charged with assault on that police officer because she felt 
that her safety was under threat. So he was charged with assault of her, even though he d- sh- did not lay hands on her. Yeah, uh, that is That's great. So maybe yes. can I ask you yeah. why he got into a fight with these cops? He didn't get into it. He didn't get into what actually happened. And I don't know, maybe that's in his book, uh, First Man In, like his autobiography. Maybe he gets mm. into it more in there, in depth in there. I think it was probably like it, he was just drunk or something and they were going to yeah. try and charge him or get, get him to the drunk tank. Like, I don't know. That's what I would assume, but I don't know. Well, but the Either point, way, so he got charged and he actually lost that. Did he like go to court for that or he whatever? He tried to get that well, charge dropped. Well, but this is the other thing is his lawyer was like, well, we'll just say you have PTSD and then... Like and he's like, no, I'm not going to lie. And that's what he said. He's like, yep. oh, no, I'm taking responsibility for my actions yep. here. Like I did this. I need, I need to, I need to pay for it kind yeah. of thing. So, but Which does it, fair. but it's not, it doesn't make it okay that the other officer said, oh, well, you need to charge him with assault because I felt like I was in danger. That makes well, no sense. It makes no sense. He did not assault you. That is not assault. Could you imagine if I go to work and say, well, I feel like I should get paid twice as much <laughs> yeah, and I yeah, feel yeah. like I need a $50,000 yeah, exactly. bonus. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, since you feel that way, right. here you go. Like it doesn't, again, it doesn't fit with reality. Yeah. Like when you try to apply it to other aspects of society, it completely breaks down. So why do these things why are they allowed to take place? Mm-hmm. You know, and it's always around the area of, you know, violence, uh, gender, and all this, all these yes. basically progressive movements that are happening. Yes. You know, uh, and it's like you have to, you have to validate it. And yeah. It, it well, and then he talks about is like is it's that person's, it's it's your own issues and you're you're projecting that on other people and he says like negative people globalize their negativity because they want to assure themselves that the problem isn't their own lack of courage right, right. right? it's everyone and everything else it's yeah. not them it's yeah. not taking that deep hard exactly. look into themselves yeah. right yeah you hit the nail on the head there it's never it's never me it's yeah. ne- there's never there's nothing wrong with me it's the whole yes, world that is that, that is. needs to change yeah yeah and he says um, he says people see what he's been through and they can't believe like he's a happy guy. Like he's been through, you know, war and all this stuff. And so um, they almost take it as like an insult. Like, of course it is. When and so he says, we're, but we're constantly given this message that it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. And, and it's not. And it's, it's not it's okay. Not. Try to <laughs> fucking better yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's, it's like, um, like therapists or psychi- psychiatry now. It's like it used to be you would go see someone to talk through your issues and not to get those issues validated, but find out what the root causes of the issues yes. so you can fix yourself and be yes, better. Be a better person. But now it's not. It's like you go to the therapy and be like, oh, well, I feel this. They're like, oh, you do? Well, then that's fantastic. Let's validate that yes. and push you push it through. Yeah. And like we can't, you know, yeah. it, it's unbelievable that I know people cannot look from within, within. Yeah. and try to want to better themselves. Yeah. And, and, and yet with the kid stuff, it's like, he says like eradicating that conflict and pain, it's a disservice to our kids because it's mm-hmm. the, the only way they can understand how to deal with it in a healthy way is to experience it. Yep. And as much as parents, as we don't want to see our kids having to go through conflict, having to go through pain, that's just life. Yep. And if you know, if you deal with the little things, little things, you build up your confidence that you can deal with shit. Exactly. Then when the big shit happens, you're going to be okay. Yeah. Like it's, it's like training for life. Yeah. It's like when your kids are in the playground and there's like some type of bully going, I think of like a really small, they're going yeah. down the slide, somebody's pushing or like, oh, I want to go down. And so 
a lot of parents will, will just jump right in. Yes. Be like, oh, you can't, Johnny, you can't do this or blah, 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 whatever it is. It's like, no, just take a step back. Let the kids figure, figure out, out how the dynamics of the social structures yeah. work so they can kind of figure out their place and figure out how things work. Because yeah. you got to let them figure that out. Because all these kids that have always had their parents fight their playground battles, well, what are they going to do when it's not in the playground anymore, but it's in the schools or it's in the workplace? Yep. They're not going to know how to handle this. No, and then you, you know? get anxiety. Oh, and yeah. This that's is where anxiety comes in and depression comes in. Um, and just, just, just basic mental unstableness. Exactly. Yep. So he says with... But don't worry. The pharmaceutical company is here to fix everything. Yeah. So he talks, I just wanted to talk a little bit. This isn't necessarily about fear, but, but about dealing with negative events. And I think this is really important because he says that he has three steps. So the first one is to acknowledge. So accept what's happened, feel your feeling. This is what I always say, feel your feeling, be brutally honest about it. Um, and then process it, understand what the problem is and what it is not. Mm. which I think is really, really important because our default, like he calls it like our default mindset, wants to catastrophize it. I didn't say that word right. But catastrophize. Ca- catastrophize it. Make it everything worse than it is. Yeah. But that doesn't help so literally you. the world is coming yes, to an end. it doesn't help you. Yep. Um, so take response and then take responsibility and then ask what you're going to do and then move on. Yep. And like that's it. Like, and yep. but, but by doing that, it allows you to feel like an active part in like making it better. And the one thing he talks about as well is like, is like once you're able to master fear, then is like, then you have this like responsibility. He calls it like a godlike responsibility, but he says to yourself, to yourself. And like what he says is like, so even, so say you get like, you're going out at the bar and you leave at like four o'clock in the morning or something and you get jumped in the alley. Well, maybe that's not your fault and maybe that's not like but make it like make it your problem like how can you solve that problem so it doesn't happen another time Mm. so well what were you doing out at the bar that late what were you doing out there by yourself do you need to maybe go and take some self-defense lessons like learn some jujitsu or something like that so don't like just don't make it your fault but like make it your problem to solve right right? that's a really good that's a really good example and i'm going to give another example uh which is a very very common example um so you know a woman who's dressing super scantily clad or even like a small like a teenage girl or whatever Mm -hmm. right they're wearing just like basically almost like a bra and a thong or they're just going out in town right Mm -hmm. obviously no matter what someone wears that does not give you the right in any way to do any kind of advancements or whatever right no but then if something happens you know you're walking down saturday night midnight or whatever after the club and you're dressed whatever certain way and then mm-hmm. s- something happens horrible 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 right yeah like you said you gotta ask yourself what have what position are you putting yourself yes. in that could possibly have avoided that yes again everyone could do whatever it is that they want to do yeah right if i'm going to be an idiot and start running across the streets and the, the highways you know at night or whatever I'd be like, okay, you, you know, like if I get run over, why were you doing that in the first place? You know, yeah. I don't know. That's a really bad example. Um, I can't really think of anything no, off, but off it, the top but of my head. But, but it's, it's like, it's not your fault. It's not your no. fault that it's happening, but you can make it your problem so that it doesn't happen again. Exactly. You can like reverse and look at it. And I think that's just about taking a step back and always reflecting yeah. on negative situations. And right. 
and figuring out how to move forward from it yep. and not playing that victim yep. role, right? Again, it goes back to that. Yeah. So it's interesting. So he talks about... That's so hard for people to I do. Know. It's so I hard know. for people to do to take a step back and be like... I think even... Especially when things aren't your problem. We that, we've had so many things so that happened that, you know what? It wasn't our problem. Like... Our RV thing. Oh my god! Right? It wasn't our fault. It wasn't our fault. But I'm like, you know what? Look at all the look at all the things that we did. We didn't get any advice from anybody who knows anything about RVs. We didn't do (laughs) our due diligence. We like bought basically the first thing that we came up with. We didn't even know how to look for mechanics. All these kinds of things, and then some mechanics stole all of our money. And it's like, yeah, it's that's not our fault, but. All these decisions that we made that were poor led up to it. And it's that self-reflection that gets to the point like, you know what? That's never going to happen again because we learned our lesson, whatever, right? Because if you don't learn your lesson, then you could do it all over again. We're going to make different mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Next time. Uh, But they're not going to be the same mistakes, right? You know? So. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So he talks about kind of getting to base camp and he's like, or even just like like the track to base camp, he gets pissed because there's so many people and it's like all tourists and this is not what he wants at all. So Dawa is actually really awesome and takes him off like another route. It takes them longer to get to base camp, but it's yeah. like not crowded. It's like where nobody goes. And but is it still like snowy and walking mountainy hiking uh, to get like, there? It's like or? mountainy. Like I think it's pretty rugged, but it's yeah. not, I don't think it's snowy because it's it's like in April, right? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. It's April. In Nepal, so yeah, so it's just so it's just like taking a hike in a in a in a yeah. foresty. Well, but a, I think it's pretty incline? still pretty rugged, yeah. But yeah, yeah, yeah. so I mean foresty, yeah, yeah. but not foresty, but it's mountainy. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Like going going for a hike on a side of a mountain. Yeah. So then he yeah. talks about getting to base camp, and one of the teammates that's a part of it, his ex, like his expedition that he's a part of. There's only three of them. Well, he's there's only three of them, and they only really stick together. But he's part of like that, like a bigger like one of those expeditions that set, gets all your logistics and stuff. Ready. like that the book we read there yeah exactly yeah. exactly but he doesn't really they don't he they don't really associate with them at all yeah but one of the people on that expedition that because they're all in kind of their tent area together right because they all share like the same like the common like food tent or whatever sure kind of thing. that's all provided by the the company or whatever yeah, yeah yeah so he talks about one of the guys and he calls him ferris and ferris is like a millionaire and so he's talking about that, like, he has, like, all this ridiculous stuff that he's taking to base camp that he's, like, yelling at the Sherpas to make sure they're careful with that bag when they get it up to, like, to get it up I, to base oh camp. This guy God. is such a dick. And so he has this total victim mentality that everybody should accommodate him. And basically, like, well, I paid for it, so therefore I deserve it and you need to do what I want. And so yeah. it's like he talks about. <laughs> Does he make a list of who he thinks gonna die <laughs> that season on top of the hill? <laughs> like that guy's well, number he one. Looks at, yeah, it's it's interesting. So I just I thought that that was that was interesting. So then he talks about yeah. um, the fear. One of our he talks about a few different types of fear and like our fear of suffering. And how our fear of suffering comes from like our experiences and having experienced suffering before. And then our imagination adds to that about like what could possibly happen. And so he says like what you can do is like understand that that fear of that of suffering it it's your body getting ready and preparing you. So everything that your body does to make you fear is to prepare you to to do whatever action it Mm -hmm. is kind of thing. And I really like that because that's how I approach things. If I can't control them is like okay i need to know why this is happening and so it's like i research how to control well you know how i do so you know the, all the library books in this house about yeah, all yeah. the different things so i really i really liked that um 
So he says, once you've geared yourself up, felt the fear and redefined it as get ready, the next step is to commit to your action with the word go. So again, go, be decisive, confident yep. that you can go ahead and do it. So yep. yeah, and he says like once you once you train yourself to experience fear as your body getting ready, then you can begin to harness that energy and to push you forward and to get done what you need to get done. So, yep. um, so then they go through the ice fall and he's like pushing them pretty hard to get through like the different stages. Sorry, who's they? So him and like the camera guy and his Sherpa Dawa. Yeah. So he's pushing them pretty hard. So they go pushing his group. Yeah. Yeah. So we like to get, try to get through the ice fall fast. And so they get through the ice fall 10 minutes after they get through, there's like a huge avalanche. And so this Ed guy wants to get him on camera. Like, Oh, we were just there 10 minutes ago and we would have been dead basically if we hadn't, you know, if the avalanche had to happen, but he doesn't want to think about like that negativity um because he's like don't think about what could have happened or what should have happened don't be guided that, like that be mm -hmm. careful of that voice in your head think about reality and the reality is we were fine yeah and i really liked that yep. as no big well. deal no big deal and like they even did a thing where they had like a minute of silence at base camp before people started trekking up for the people that had died in the avalanche like two years earlier and he's like i didn't he's like i was there but he's just like I don't want that negativity on me. And he's like, I, I get it. You know, you want a yeah. moment of sense, but he's like, then it's just a reminder and it just yep. feeds into that mm -hmm. fear feeling. And I was yep. like, Oh, I didn't think about it in those. Uh, terms, it is really but interesting. It is really interesting. Yeah. Especially for like, you know, a war veteran or whatever. Like, so uh, how would he feel about having moments of silences for, you know, remembrance day or whatever would it be so i think that would be different right because you're not in a situation where then you have to actually go into the fear bubble what they just did yes. right yes yeah so it's like oh we're about to storm the lines you yeah. know i just think of like the old you know trench warfare or whatever they're yeah. like oh let's have a moment of silence for all the people that died before us because we're about to do the same thing hey yeah yeah, no, yeah. that makes sense so it made sense to me so he talks then about the fear of failure and how Oh, that's a big one. That's a big one. And how people, how it will keep you in your comfort zone. And, um, and then just being afraid of what other people are going to say if you fail. And again, I think that goes to, you know, the book, um, with like the art of asking about being vulnerable mm -hmm. and like yep. being vulnerable enough to try something and fail. And even like our trip, like, yeah, maybe it was a big flying failure, but like, at least we tried. Yep. Like we put that out there. Um, and he says some people, I really, I really thought this was interesting too. He said some people are motivated by ego about something like bragging rights. And that's why yep. like most of these people are on the mountain, yep. right? They're there for the wrong reasons. They're there to say that they got to the top. And he says like, that's the external motivation. Whereas if you do things for pride, that's that internal motivation. Yep. And that's a better reason to be motivated to do something those are the people the people that have the egos or whatever they're the ones that typically end up failing yes and uh, i'm sure we'll talk and then about blaming everybody well yeah i'm sure we'll talk about this book at some point uh but david goggins book yes um was it can't hurt me yeah he talks about all the people that go through hell week mm -hmm. for uh getting into the navy seals and you know he's like you have the jocks and the super athletes or whatever he's like those guys are always yes. the first guys to, 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 to quit because those are not the people that end up making it. It's the people that want it, that have that, that team mindset. and that brotherhood yes. mindset um, and that are strong in, in the mind to be able to, to take that punishment and what have you. It's not that, hey, I'm the big strong guy. Look at me. I'm going to do this because I'm, you know, yeah. big and macho or whatever. It's like, no, that's not what it takes. 
And one thing he says too is, is if you, if you fail, like if you fail at something and if, you know, it bruises or, or if you don't do something because you're afraid of what people are going to say, it's like, you're putting your entire self worth in the hands of, of other people, of not only other people, but in one very small event in your life. And that's, that's, you're putting you, you're putting the control of your life in someone else's hands, which I don't think people really understand that. No. And I, I don't know. I think that's an important. That's a hard to concept it. to grasp. It and, um, really is. It's even hard concept to grasp, especially for children, because we see yes. that sometimes in the kids. You know, um, especially when you're a teenager. I mean, yeah. the whole thing about that is just you're super self conscious because you're yeah. going through all these changes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> you're going, you're gonna have some changes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever, right? Yeah. Uh, then it's just like you just can't help but feel super self conscious because you're like. <gasps> You know, oh, they're going to see my pimples or this or that or whatever. Yeah. It's like, it's just, you know, I, we've all been there. It's, yeah. it's a hard time um, going, yeah. going through that um, <laughs> transition. Uh, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. difficult, but it's something that um, we, at least we try to balance anyway. So when we're, we're teaching our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So they do their first rotation up the mountain. So I don't know if you remember from when we talked about 90, the 96 strategy, they're doing like a bunch of different rotations, right? So you're going up the mountain to one camp, then you're coming back down, then you're going up to the next camp, and you're coming back down. Yeah. So he's like... Just to assimilate, mm, acclimate yourself to the... Uh, like, mm, I don't think I need that. I'm so, just gonna go. so they go up the ice fall. They get to like... Because ice fall is between one and two, right? The ice falls at the very beginning. The ice fall is like there's base camp, then the ice fall, then camp one, then camp two, camp three, camp four. Oh, right. Base camp. That's what I meant. Base camp, yeah. I think it's one. Okay. But yep. there's yep. base camp and, and camp one. Yeah. Okay. So that's what they do. And then he pushes them, like he pushes hard and he gets them to camp three and like that one kind of rotation. I don't know how many days it takes them, but. Uh, that was going to be my question. How long does I it don't take know, to I get It was like a couple of days. And so they yeah. get to camp three and then, which typically you don't do, you just only go to camp one and you come back down then you go to camp Why two would you go you to down. camp one and then go back through the ice falls and then go back again? Because that's dangerous. Yeah, but that's what it is to be. Some people just need to be acclimated that way. But well, can't you just be acclimated by just staying at camp two for that duration of time? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it's just too hard on the body that p- some people just can't withstand staying there for too long. I don't know. That's weird. Anyways. Because so I, w- I would want to do training even before I get there. I climb other mountains to get used to well, higher course, altitude. But course. anyways, that's how I would do it. Um, wouldn't it just be a rich guy just paying no. somebody to carry all my shit for so me up the mountain? So anyways, so he pushes them and they get all the way to camp three in their first cycle. So and then they, they all die because they can't breathe. So they come back down <laughs> the, the mountain. End. They come into the mountain and he's like, I'm going to stay. I'm done. Like, I'm done. I don't need to do any more rotations. Like, the next time I go up there, it's my summit push. Like, that's what's going to happen. So he's like, they're waiting for a window, like a weather window. And the lines, like the rope lines, have not yet been fixed by the Sherpas from, like, Camp 4 to the top at this point. And because the weather's... He's got to wait for that. He's got to wait for that. So he's like, it's probably going to be about a week. And so he's like, well... I'm just, just going to go. I'm just going to go back down to one of the towns that they trekked by called, yeah, called the Manchi Bazaar. And I'm just going to rest up instead of doing another. So he's getting, so he's going to go down and spend a few days there and just like hang out. Like where's this town? 
so it's down the mountain. So way he, all the way down. Yeah, so That's he like takes it. So he spent. Yes, yeah, so he pays pays money to get a helicopter to take him down there. Oh, a helicopter! Yes. So he doesn't climb down. No. What the hell is I this? I know. What are you doing? I don't know. And so it's this like, is oh, like I'm just gonna go for a spa. So then, uh, then Ed kind of questions him. Is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, people don't do this. Like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I I'm fine. I'm just gonna go down. I think if I can get, because you can't. It's hard to sleep and it's hard to eat when you're on the mountain. So he's like, yeah. I'm just gonna go down there and rest up. I'm gonna try to get some good sleep and I'm gonna try to. Eat you know try to like eat something while i'm down there and then when i come back then we'll go to the top it's like what the fuck guy yeah that's, that's, like that's, it's kind of crazy and then when he's down there he's down there for four days he spends all four days in a pub and just drinking until like four o'clock in the morning and so it's just like really that part i was just kind of like yeah. pissed about because i was like that's i don't not, get it that's not climbing the mountain i know so and i don't know what get, that and was then about does he get helicoptered back to I don't know. He didn't or say. Or does he climb back up? I would assume he would climb back up. I would. I would know. I would assume I, he's gonna helicopter yeah, back up. I don't up. know. I don't know. So I just thought that was like an interesting piece in there. I just so was this guy. He's, he's pretty cocky. I think. Yeah. 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 You think <laughs> that's just weird. Yeah, I, that's what I was like. I was like, I I've never, un- trust me, I've read, read a, a ton read of Everest books. I've never heard of anybody doing this. Just I like, don't know if it's common, but I've never heard of it before. I don't think it's common. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what to make of that. Like, I know, neither did I. I don't know. Well, let's continue on with the story. So the next type of fear he talks about is the fear in this one. Oh, geez, this one hit me hard. The fear of conflict and of people not liking them. The one thing you gotta know about me, I'm a people pleaser. Oh yeah. Well, there you go, putting yourself. <laughs> don't box yourself into these uh, <laughs> these these corners. Um. So he talks about you know the fear of criticism. Um. And he says maybe it's because people have like a deluded self image of themselves. Um. And but it's one thing he says is like nothing anyone else can say is worse than what you've already said to yourself no, and that's like true. it's so true because i don't know i don't know if everyone's like this i'm sure most people are but like you're your own worst critic like 100 percent um and he says once except for maybe people that are narcissistic yeah well, that's what i was thinking right? <laughs> um but then he was um he said once you stop trying to please everyone all the time you become free yep. and i wrote beside this oof i felt that one <laughs> Yeah. Because yeah, I uh I have a hard time with that no. for sure. Um and he says strive to have the courage to make plain spoken truth a higher priority than your own popularity. Um this is why he's so critical of the extreme politically correct turn that society seems to have taken. We succeed as a species when you feel free to speak honestly, respectfully mm-hmm. and directly to each other. Different kinds of people get together, share their different beliefs, experiences, debate them and take what's best and discard the rest and that's how we progress. Yep, absolutely. And so, yeah, that one it's like yeah, that's exactly. Like number 1, yes. that's how innovation happens. Exactly. In any kind of tech space or whatever it is, it's like you get a bunch of people together like what's the best way that we can build a rocket, build an electric car, whatever the hell it is. How can we best build that? And someone's going to come with this. Oh, that's stupid, whatever. And then at the end of the day, it's going, all the shitty ideas are going to get tossed away and then you're going to left with With the the good ideas. And that's what pushes things forward. Exactly. But then when all of a sudden it's like, well, oh, I have this idea. Shut up. You can't say that. That's racist or whatever it is. You're done. You can't talk at all. And then all of a sudden you get to this point where the society is like, oh, only these specific types of conversations 
are acceptable. Everything yeah. else is not true. And then it's just... Or even only the people with these experiences. So then you're leaving out other right, experiences right. that might be very applicable to what you're trying to solve. Yeah. Like, But that's even worse, too, for saying, like, you know, in today's society, we're like, oh, in order for you to be able to talk about racism, you have to be of a specific race yourself. It's like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. That's not true at all. Yeah. Anybody can speak to anything. I have never been a slave. You have never been a slave. Yeah. But I'm sure we can speak to the fact that slavery is not good, you know, <laughs> and that it's bad. Yeah. You don't have to be a slave, you know, just like all this this talk. I think it's just getting a little bit too, too much into yeah. stuff. But, you know, the idea of like, oh, especially in North America, like, oh, only black people or only indigenous people can talk about racism. If you're white, you're not allowed to talk. Like that, no, you know, I don't care what color of skin you have. You know what it is, like what racism is, or somebody is discriminating against somebody based on their physical characteristic. You know what that is, and you can speak to it no matter what you look like. I don't care. You don't have to have a certain set of criteria before you're allowed to speak. Well, let me... so completely bonkers. So let me tell you, because I'm not saying... I'm not saying this... To, to prop myself up but I know I look young I look very young mm-hmm. and that's I don't do anything I just look young so when I go out with the kids I don't now, need to prop myself up but damn. no that's not what it, uh, you know that's not what I'm saying you know <laughs> I'm not like that I know but it's like when I go out with the kids the way people treat me because obviously the kids are taller than me now uh, that's funny I look like I we just look like a group of three teenagers <laughs> They <laughs> treat well if you, especially for like from far, right? right? right. And because I, I always have like my backpack yeah, on. Yeah, I, underst- I understand. People treat us like shit. They do not treat you like an actual real person. Like who? And like cashiers. Mm. Cashiers at Sobeys will treat me like shit until they realize, oh, you're the mom. And then you see a flip, mm. and then they're very respectful to yeah. me. But even even I even remember another example. Like I was pregnant with Maya very pregnant with Maya and I was pushing Tristan in the stroller and there was two um, Jehovah Witnesses ladies knocking on doors within the neighborhood and they just looked at me with pity and a little bit of disgust as oh look at this poor teenage mom here she is having another one she's probably not married and it's just like bitch yeah I mean so so I know it's like that I'm just saying there are different types of discrimination and it's not a good way to feel regardless. And so everyone has their own experiences. Yeah. So. Yeah. But I mean, that that kind of stuff too is like as a person, you just have to, people are going to think what they want to think and I'm just going to go about my my daily life. 100%. Um, Yeah. So. So. And I'm not trying to compare that to like hardcore deep south racism. Whatever. Like 100%. Not, I'm just saying everyone can have even then that's a thing too that is like deep south it's like no you know what that's what i used to always think as well too but now looking at it if i had to move somewhere texas and florida those are the places that i'm gonna want to go you know like like do i want to go live in california or new york hell no hell no right because these places are so quote-unquote progressive like yeah Yeah. no thank you those places sound like just a cesspool yeah uh you know just toxic people so you know, yeah. you got to analyze all the things that you think you've heard or think you've known. Um, and the only way that you're going to get to figure out the truth of what actually is reality is to allow everyone to talk and yeah, have open and honest exactly. conversations. That's the only way. That's the only way right? forward. Yeah. So anyways. So back to the mountain. 
weather's not great when he gets back, but he's like, well, I don't care. We're still going to go because I want to get up ahead of all these noobs because he knows that there is going to be lineups lineups, and he doesn't want to be behind these because he's seen it as he's as the first time they went up and with even within camp, he sees these idiots that just don't know what they're doing. Oh, of course. And he doesn't want to be behind those guys. It's just like when you're driving, right? You don't want to be behind a guy that's like swerving around. Like, I got to pass this asshole. Yeah, exactly. So then Ed kind of pokes and prods at him and says, well, have you thought about doing it without oxygen? Like, have you thought about getting to the top without oxygen? So he kind of needles him and keeps needling him all the way up the mountain. Like, why don't you try without oxygen? And so he's thinking about, he's thinking about it. But then he realizes if I did do it without oxygen, then I'm giving into ego and I'm not moving forward. Like just to say I did it right. And he's like, I know it's probably not safe for me to, to, Mm. to not go with oxygen. So he decides to go with oxygen. So they f- go up. They it, and the that's going with oxygen just on the the lot the the one day the summit yeah, day. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Because uh, do people wear oxygen any other time, or is it just I only at that? I think it depends. I think it push. depends what their comfort level is, and and then how much money you have too, because that's not cheap, right? Yeah. So so th- they decide to go up. Like they they have their summit day. Um, he decides to go with oxygen and. Um, the weather looks good for their summit push. They get to the top and then the snow starts flying and it starts to become like blizzard conditions. It starts to get bad. There's people that have come up and then they've done their thing, taken their picture and then they start to go down. And so, and they've gotten up there basically kind of first. And so, but he's like, he waits for the other people to leave because he just wants that moment on the top by himself. So he gets to the top and he's on there for like a long time. Well, I don't think it's that long, but he waits. He just, he waits is the point. Uh-huh. He waits for other people to Because usually to people go, go to the top, it's like two minutes, right? Long. Yeah, yeah. they're like, ah, I can't even enjoy this because I'm like all he, hallucinating or whatever he wants the hell it is, mo- right? He wants a moment on top by himself on top of this mountain. So then he comes to regret this decision because, of course, you get to the point called the Hillary, the Hillary step where you have to go on the lines and it's a one-by-one type deal that you have to go down. And yeah, he ends up waiting there for two and a half hours to get down. And he's like, yeah, I knew I made a huge mistake. Because all the people he let go he in let front go of him, front he had to them. wait for them. Yeah. Yeah. And there's the people, it was like a shit show. These people like going down, people were like getting all tangled in the lines. One guy like almost died and flew off the mat. Like it was just stupid. And so basically like they almost die. He, he finally gets to camp for Ed had gotten down to camp like for probably before hours him. before. Yeah. And he's like, oh, we thought you were dead basically and he ends up like his corneas get scratched from the snow because it's like a blizzard coming down don't they wear goggles though they do but i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i don't know must have left them in his helicopter back in his pub (laughs) (laughs) seriously um yeah so anyway so then he gets down and 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 it's all good so the last um the last fear he talks about is the one fear that drives all other fears for people. And that's just that internal fear of like not being good enough. Mm-hmm. And so he says, all fear comes from not having sufficient trust in yourself. Yeah. And so, and I think that's really, really true. And he says, this comes from everyone telling us to be careful. Helicopter parenting is creating a generation of fearful, negative people. I know. You should listen to what I you're know, saying. I know. 
Oh, are you guys going for a walk? Oh, be safe. Be careful. I was like, Jesus Christ. I understand. <laughs> I understand. And so he says to combat this, which is something we've talked about before, is put yourself on like a daily program of like proving that you're good enough. And mm-hmm. so he says each tiny victory is another fuck you to that negative chatter in my head. If the default mindset is you're not good enough, the positive mindset is I'm better than I was yesterday. Right. And so for me, like I always, I don't know, I always get like get a little bit nervous when I go on my like my sprint runs, mm-hmm. but every time like I do it, it builds that confidence that, yeah, you can, you can do this. Like you have the capacity. And so you build that confidence that, yeah, you're getting better every day and you can yep. do it. So, and it's, and I think it goes a lot to like, stuff like with Jordan Peterson says like just like clean your room make your bed you know like yeah. those little things little wins. those well, little wins that's why one of the, the like when you go to the army or whatever that's one of the things they do is just the discipline you know yeah. you have to make sure everything's clean your bunk and all that kind of stuff yeah, yeah. how much of you know f- being fearful or being self-critical of yourself or thinking you're not good enough in your life how much do you think of all of this stuff has to do with people not having direction or purpose in life i think that's a i think that's a different thing do you i'd really do i think if you uh, yeah i think that's a different thing okay yeah i think if you have purpose then maybe you're afraid that you're not going to be good enough to get that goal or hit that goal and that's that fear but i think finding what your purpose is i think that's a different thing Hmm. well i'm not talking so much about finding because if you have purpose Uh you have that fulfillment and you almost know who you are and you know what you have to do and you just go ahead and do it. Yeah. Whereas if you're aimless, then I think that compounds to the problem of not thinking you're good enough because you're like, what am I even doing here? That's true. No, I can see that. I can see that for sure. I'm just thinking from my perspective, from my point of view is I don't have a fear of like failure and failing because I failed so many times. It's like, okay, well, you know, just chalk it up as another defeat yeah. and then brush yourself off and learn from it and, and keep going. But I know I have a big problem with trying to figure out what my purpose is mm-hmm. and what my drive is. And it doesn't make me self doubt myself, but it makes me, I don't know, almost fearful in a way that like, I don't know if this is the the, the thing for me and that it almost stops me from, from, from doing from things. Because it's like, I just don't know. I don't know. It's like the fear of the unknown of what if I choose this path, but figure out I don't like it and I don't want to do this or I don't succeed. No, not even that because it's, because I don't, I don't, I don't fear not succeeding because I, like I said, I've done that so many Mm -hmm. times. Um, Maybe it's just because, you know, the older you get, it's like, I know I have less and less time on this planet. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just, I just feel like if someone has purpose that, a lot of the self-doubt and the f- the the negative talk within 100% would go would away. just go away. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, very yeah, interesting. Very interesting. So that's just about it for the book. Um, one, uh, two last little quotes I want to say mm-hmm. is he says, being true to yourself doesn't mean staying the same forever. It means taking what's already there and improving it, which I think is really important because I think People just think, oh, I'm going to be an adult and then that's it. I'm static. This is how I'm going to be no, for the rest you're of your life. Always evolving, always that. changing, always growing. Always grow, always learn. Yep. Um, and then he says, how we think defines how we act. How we act defines the events in our lives. Mm-hmm. And the last one is, your mission is you. 
as long as you're opening doors, it's mission success. So whether you fail when you open up those doors or not, doesn't matter. You just, no. at least you did it. No. You did it. So. <laughs> mission accomplished. Mission I just think of uh, the whole George Bush and the I Iraq know, war. Like yeah, mission I accomplished. I know. What, what did you accomplish yeah. here exactly? Yeah. Interesting. So my three takeaways. Okay, I got some takeaways. Were there's a physiological reason for fear to keep us safe, mm-hmm. but to, in today's world, unless you are a special forces soldier, usually that fear is like irrational and yep. you can rationalize it. But do you think there's also that evolutionary um, push that fear also helps drive that growth, 100%. like you were saying, and then that yeah. growth makes us evolve into yes. better resilient yes. organisms to be able to handle the environment, yeah. right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, fear puts us in by being, um, to be reactive rather than proactive. And then that can put us into the victim mentality, Mm -hmm. which is not good. And then the last one is you need to trust in yourself that you have the capabilities and don't let anything stop you, especially yourself. Um, and even if you try and fail, it doesn't matter because all failure is growth. So at the end of the day. So a hundred percent. Yeah. So that's the book. And so he's, he's written a bunch of different books and he has actually one for kids. He has what? Sorry. He's one for kids. One for kids. Yeah. Like a book for kids. Oh, one yeah. for kids. Yeah, I yeah. thought you meant he had like one for like 14 kids. What are you talking no, about? No, he no, has no, a, no. He has he's a, a book for kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Does he have any kids himself? Is he married? Yeah. What's, he's what's married. He has like one kid from another relationship and I think either three or four with his current wife. With his current wife. His current wife. Um, and he has a he has a <laughs> book. He, he has a he has a book <laughs> coming out in uh, January called The Wall. Um, mm. and it's just all about like different walls that we can hit, either if it's like lack of motivation or leaving your comfort zone. There's yeah. always like something like an obstacle that we need to kind of push yeah. through. So that's what that one's about. Yeah, yeah. He has one called um, Mental Fitness and like positive. Well, there's one about like positive attitude and that sort of thing. So. So what is this guy? Would you say he's kind of like a I don't want to say self-help, but like a personal growth kind of guy. I would say guy. personal growth, yeah, and for Like sure. a rich role kind of thing. And I don't, e- I don't even know how to compare. Because they all, again, a lot of people talk about similar things. I'd say like more like a motivational guy. Because he, he does do mm. like a lot of like like speaking tours as right. well. Yeah. And I think he even does a bunch of like kind of corporate stuff as well. Like helping like right. the different corporations and stuff. Like, well, just trying to motivate the troops yeah. in, in a yeah, way, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it was. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was a good book. Yeah. I took a lot from it. I haven't read a book like that that specifically talks about fear and overcoming fear mm. so i thought that was a really and giving you strategies maybe to use yeah yeah 100 we've already talked about here yeah which is really cool yeah so then on a scale of one to ten as mm-hmm. just a general book that you uh mm-hmm. would like to read uh, i'd give it like an eight an eight an okay eight? Well, it's yeah, not a ten it's not ten but like it was pretty good and he's it's a really like conversational like yeah. how, he, how he writes it like you can tell like it's not um you don't feel like it's not a heavy read or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah. And you don't feel like it's not him writing it. Like, you mm. feel like how he talks. Like, he drops F-bombs. And yeah, yeah. he clearly just doesn't give a fuck. And he knows who yeah. he is. And he's going to say what thing. he thinks. If you don't like me, then. Basically. I'm going to move to Australia. Fine. So, fuck yeah. you. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. But it's yeah. like, if you don't like what I say or whatever, then don't listen to me. Yeah. You know, that's fine. It's yeah. not for you, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to write a book that's 
this is geared to 8.7 billion people or how many yeah. people we have on this planet yeah. now. You know, it's, yeah, it's yeah. not going to be for everyone. And he's able to point out, like, his faults, like, yeah. for sure. Like, he's, you know, especially, t- I mean, taking responsibility for assaulting police officers and not using the PTSD card. Like, whether he yeah. suffers from PTSD or not, I don't know. But to not feel like you he needed to, to use it. Right. Especially given what that officer was, <sighs> was, was, yeah. was this, like, phantom charge. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... I guess the the premise of this story is his conquering fear or whatever is mm-hmm. going through Mount Everest. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the idea that the next question I always ask is on a scale of one to ten in terms of what you would want to do mm-hmm. and how you'd want to, like, would you want to do this in your life, right? So I can't really answer that question. Well, I can, but though. you can. I was just gonna say, and just in the way about doing things in your life that you are going to put yourself in a position mm-hmm. to experience fear or to face your fears mm-hmm. maybe and to push through them mm-hmm. and learn how to deal with them, whether in his mindset where take it one bubble, a bubble at a time, time, right? So definitely, I mean, I do get, you know this about me, I get really anxious when I have to go places and I don't know necessarily where I'm going, like if I have to take the kids to some sort of appointment or something. Yep. And so... Which is such a I know, silly thing to be I don't know why I build it up like in mind. It's like I'm not afraid of it. it. Like I wouldn't call it fear and I wouldn't call it like anxiety, but like maybe like a little bit of like anxiousness or stress about it. Like to me, the only way that you're going to get through that is just keep doing it over and over well, again. Well, I know. Well, and like that's the thing is like you desensitize yourself. Right? Exactly. If I drove downtown all the time, you would just, you, would, you wouldn't care. You just get used to it, right? And it exactly. wouldn't bother you. Um, so that, so that's one. The other one is, and I don't want you to say what my biggest fear is. I don't want people to know because I just don't like, cause then people think they're being funny and do little tricks on you. Sure. And I fucking hate that. Yeah. Um, but definitely I have a fear that I have to overcome. Yeah. And, um, I, this puts some things in context for me that I think will be helpful. You think it'll be helpful? I think so. I think it'll maybe be helpful, but it's then... <laughs> trying to put myself in situations to overcome that fear. And I'm just like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. So, but, but no, but, but definitely it really made me think a lot about that. So yeah. 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 What about you? Any fears you need to overcome? You're not afraid of anything. Um, I, I guess if you could say things that I'm afraid of, like, it's not like, you know, spiders, whatever. Like, I don't yeah. like them or whatever. And I don't, you know, whatever. Yeah. But I'm not going to, like, freak out and run away or what yeah. have you. So, I mean, there's not, there's there's that kind of, I, I think what really scares me are bigger picture things. You know, like, I'm scared. Yes. What's going to happen if Canada goes on this crazy food shortage? You know what I mean? Yes. I'm like, that's my big yes, fear. It's like, I get that. and then, like, how am I going to take care and protect my family? Yes. You know, like those are big things that I think about. Existential yeah. fears. You know, but again, it's not like it's a fear as if I'm like, it's paralyzing me and I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those things. Yeah. But in terms, I, there's things that I, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say like I'm not afraid of anything, but it's like, there's a lot of things that I don't want to do or I wouldn't want to do because it's like unpleasant or it's like, yeah. it'd be scary for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, like even heights. I don't like heights, oh, but. I- I'll still climb up, yeah. you know, the top ropes and all that kind of stuff and looking down and going yeah. going up hikes and whatever and you just standing on the edge or whatever. Like, I'll well, still do it, right? Even though I'll get there and I'll feel the butterflies or whatever, right? But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, those, those those are the things, the, the fear. It's, it's, it's those things about protecting the family and, and, yeah. and, and all that. Um, yeah. 
because I'm like, those are like these are the important things that I need to worry about. <laughs> yeah, it's not about if there's any uh, spiders under my bed or <laughs> whatever. Zombies. You know. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so <laughs> yeah. So yeah, or like oh, uh, you know, going to a new place or whatever. It's like oh, just just gonna go and again like be smart about it, right? Oh yeah. Of um, like if someone was like, oh, you just need to hop on a plane and just head over to some remote place in the desert or whatever i'm like i'm not really going to be afraid i'm just going to do what the work i need to do to prep to for it prep or whatever it, yeah you know yeah. but yeah but again everything is always like i'm afraid of like i don't where am i gonna poop <laughs> that's why so where am i oh let's not oh. even talk about toilets yeah no nah. <laughs> huge toilet issues but again that's not fear <laughs> i was just like i need to know where i have to go pee because i have to pee all the time yeah yeah that's yeah, the one of the downfalls of being a woman you know you can't just <laughs> whip it out whip it out and just <laughs> Just gonna go right here. You gotta, uh, well, yeah, I just gotta work on your squats, right? That's all there is to it. Yeah. It's not that easy, but anyway. What, squatting? That's uh, fine. Well, that's not, the mechanics are a little bit different, my friend. I don't know what you guys got going on yeah. down there. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's, it's beyond my realm of understanding. It's <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah. Anyway, all right. So, cool. good book. Good, yeah. good, good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Good talk. Um, <laughs> thanks to everyone for listening yeah. and stopping by. We really appreciate it. Check us out, odubanandrea.com. Yeah. Uh, we appreciate your support. Absolutely. Um, I think that's it. I, I don't know. I don't, is there anything else you want to say? Final thoughts? Mm-mm. Well, then let's Ooh, do this. High five. Let's do a little high five to seal the deal, as they say. Oh, I oh yeah. Myself. Just <laughs> take it easy with that microphone. You hold it I a know. little too. I know. <laughs> Ever so gentle. I know. It's making me feel uneasy. <laughs> I think. I um, think that's just your fear talking. Yeah, I'm a little intimidated by. Uh, <laughs> okay. What's okay. going on around well, here? Let's move on. So um, let's move on. We're 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 done. <laughs> we're done. Thank you for watching. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. Yep. And we'll see you next time. See you next week.